Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Now, another year has come, and another year has just passed. There are many promises for people that have been fulfilled. There are so many promises that were left unfulfilled. There were some good times. There were some not so good times. There were days when we wondered that the Lord will continue to do what he is doing. And there are days when we say, Lord, can you just end this day early so that I can start up another one? There are days when we wake up in the morning and we feel on top of the world. There are days you wake up in the morning and you say, what happened? Those are the days that you woke up on the left side of the bed and there are days you woke up on the right side of the bed and you were so happy. In other words, there were a lot of ups and downs. There were many dreams that were fulfilled and some dreams that were not fulfilled. And the new year, as usual, gives us an opportunity for a fresh start. An opportunity to wipe away the slate and say, okay, yes, this is what happened in the past year. This is a new year. Let's do it all over again and see how we can get it better. That is why we always go to the gym at the beginning of every year to make sure we clean the system from the time of Thanksgiving when we started the turkey fest all the way till last night when we just let loose and say, okay, I'm going to enjoy myself this holiday season. Now the holiday is over. Now you want to do some detox. It is acceptable. It is what we do. The year gives us an opportunity for a fresh start. Provides us with an opportunity to pursue a dream, to dream big dreams, to repair relationships, to build ideas into money-making preventions, to create our own desired futures. We all have the same thing. We are starting on the same plane. But the question is, at the end of the year, what the results we get is a function of what you put into it, is a function of what I put into it. What happens in your life, what happens in your family, what happens in your career, what happens in your spiritual work, what happens in the way you walk with the Almighty God is a function of what you put in it. How far you will travel, the extent of your effectiveness, the level of your impact or influence. I mean, everything depends on what you do this year. Okay? Everything depends on what you do this year. And the Bible tells us in the book of Leviticus 25. Leviticus 25, reading from verse number 18. Saying, Wherefore ye shall do my statute and keep my judgment and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land in safety. And in verse 19, it said, The land shall yield her fruit, and ye shall eat your fill and dwell therein in safety. In other words, the Lord is saying to the children of Israel, The promise of the Almighty God for you is contingent upon two things. Number one is for you to do my statutes. Number two is for you to keep my judgment. When you do those two things, he said, The land will not begin to yield this increase unto you. In other words, you will begin to see the fulfillment of the promise of the Almighty God. Every promise of God is contingent upon a condition, a divine human relationship. In other words, there are certain things that God will do, and there are certain things that you will do. 
The promise of God for you, for safety and for provision, depends on God, on you doing God's statutes and keeping His judgments. The divine human relationship must take place. Okay? The divine relationship, the divine human relationship must take place. God doing His part, you doing your part. God doing His part and you doing your part. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, if you read from verse 19, from verse 9 there, the Bible tells us something there. It says, For we are co laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, you are God's building. <clears throat> In other words, we must walk together with God. God will give you the promises, just like he shared with us in the book of Isaiah. He's saying that this is what my desire is for you. If you trust in me, you will never be put to shame. But the question is that you have to do the trusting for God to fulfill his own part. In other words, you cannot sit back and expect God to do the heavy lifting. For things to happen, there needs to be a partnership between us and the almighty God. There has to be a partnership. That is the way God has ordained it. If you look at the book of, uh, of, uh, of uh, Psalms, Psalm 127. Psalm 127, reading from verse 1, the Bible says, Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman watch but in vain. In other words, God will do certain things, and you will do your own part. God will keep the house. If God is not guarding the house, you can get ADT, you can get NCR, you can get whatever security system, monitoring or whatever security system you have. You can actually have a police van surround this particular building. If God is not guarding this house, you are wasting your time. Okay? That is the point. But the thing is that when God is doing his own part, if you don't do your part, the fact that you say God is the guardian of this place, you keep your door open. You refuse to put the alarm system when we're living tonight. We keep everything open. We even leave the key in front of the, uh, at the main door there and say God is the security of this house. Do you think that God will, God will look at you and say something is wrong with this guy? You probably need to go to Clover Bottom and get some injection. Because the point is that you have to do your own part and God will do his own part. God will only secure this building if you put the locks in front of the key. The fact that you have security here doesn't mean that this place cannot be burglarized. Okay? But the fact that God is keeping this place does not mean you open the door and let the people just come in and walk free of charge. So the point is there has to be a balance. There has to be an understanding. You have a responsibility. God has his own responsibility. If God does not do his part, there's nothing you can do. But if you don't do your part, you will also restrict the ability of God to do what he's supposed to do. Okay? In Joshua chapter 1, reading from verse number 3. Joshua 1, reading from verse number 3, the Bible tells us, He says, Every place the sole of your feet shall tread upon, that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses. In other words, the Lord is telling Joshua, He says, If you are ready to get involved in the process of laying claim to the promised land that I promised to your fathers, He said, Then you must get involved. It is where your feet tread upon. That is where I'm going to give you. In other words, if you want to see the promise of the, if you want to see the fulfillment of the promised land, if you want to be a partaker of the promised land, if you want to enjoy the promised land, then you must be ready to get involved. You must be ready to fight for it. You must be ready to be involved in the process of seeing that dream come to reality. The thing is that if you stay back and expect that God will do everything, it will not happen. However, the implication of what we see in Joshua chapter 1 verse 3 is that if you don't participate in the process, you will not see the results that God has promised. The question is, why does God do things like that? Why does he do things like that? If you look at Malachi chapter 3, reading from verse number 6. Malachi 3, reading from verse number 6, the Bible tells us there. It says, I am the Lord, I change not. 
In other words, there is a process that I follow. There is a way in which I do things. There is a process that I put in place. That that divine human relationship has always been there. And if I have done it in the past, I require it for people who have gone behind. Definitely, I am going to require it from you today. If it too, if I require it from Abraham, from Isaac, from Jacob, from all the patriarchs, all through the generation, why do you think I'm not going to do the same thing with you? If God is asking you that you should partner with Him, if He asks the people of old to partner with Him, why is He not? Why do you think you are going to be an exception to that rule? So, because He said, "I am the Lord; I change not." That is why you have to participate. It is the character of the Almighty God. If we require generation past, uh, the, the, the past generation to participate in the divine process, what gives you the impression that you are not? You are going to be given a pass. It's not going to happen. And that is why this very morning I want to speak to you very, very briefly on what I have called putting feet to your faith. Okay? Putting feet to your faith. Because that is what we need to be able to partner with the Almighty God. Matthew chapter 14 that we read a few minutes ago. Matthew 14. Reading from verse number 22, the Bible says straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him onto the other side. While he sent the multitude away. Now when he has sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves from the wind, for the wind was contrary. And the fourth watch in the, of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying it is a spirit and they cried out for fear but the straight away jesus spoke unto them saying be of good cheer it is i be not afraid and the peter answered and answered him and said unto and said lord if it be thou bid me to come unto thee on the water and he said come and when peter came out of the ship he walked on water to go to jesus but when he saw the wind boisterous he was afraid and began to sink and he cried out saying lord save me and immediately jesus stretched forth his hands and caught him and said unto him O thou of little faith wherefore did thou doubt and when they were come into the ship the wind ceased then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him saying of a truth thou art the son of the living God. From this verse of the scripture, I would like to make some initial, you know, initial observation before we go into, before I will focus on just one thing and move forward. One of the things that you'll find in the scripture, I'm going to share with you nine things you find in this particular scripture. The first thing you'll find is that whose instruction are you following? Verse number Matthew chapter 14, reading from verse 22, the Bible says, Straightway, Jesus constrained the disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side. In other words, these people were not traveling because they just wanted to travel. They were traveling because the Lord had given them a specific instruction. The Lord said, go from where you are to the other side. In other words, the Lord was giving them a clear direction. This is what I want you to do. There are many people who are doing exactly what the Lord is telling them to do. There are many people who, is telling, who the Lord is telling, put your hand in this particular business. It relates with this particular person. Join yourself to this particular group. They have heard the instruction. Are you following the instruction of the Almighty God or are you following your own instruction? Are you following the instruction of a body? Are you following the instruction of the economy? Or you are following the instruction of the politician? Or you are following the instruction of a particular talking head on television? Whose instruction are you following? Because that will determine how far you will go. Number two. Is a function of the crowd that you are traveling with. In verse number 22, the Bible said, He sent the multitude away. 
In other words, Jesus was trying to separate the people who are with him and the people who are just the multitude. The people who came for the show. The people who came for the fireworks. The people who came for the food. The people who came for the miracles. Jesus sent those ones away. And he wanted only the people who came to see him. Only the people who wanted the relationship. He separated those two people. Now, how far you will go is a function of the crowd that you are traveling with. If you are traveling with people who are not going anywhere, I bet you you are not going anywhere. If you are traveling with a man who has no direction, you will be lost. If you are traveling with somebody who is traveling around in circles, at one point in time, you are going to find yourself in the wilderness just circling the same place. The people you travel with will determine how far you are going to go. Number three, it depends on you knowing the source of your strength. The Bible tells in verse number 23, it says, and he went up onto a mountain apart to pray. When the evening was come, he was there alone. In other words, he knew that he cannot do it by his own power. The Bible says, by the arm of the flesh shall no man prevail. In other words, if you trust your own intellect, if you trust your own wisdom, if you trust your own understanding, if you trust your own ability to be able to organize or to connect, you will find out that you are going to come short. Except the Lord builds the house, you are going to labor in vain. The Lord Jesus Christ knew the source of his strength. And that is why the Bible says he sent the whole multitude away. He stayed apart to do what? Just to pray. So that he can receive strength from above. How far you are able to travel this year is a function of you knowing the source of your strength. If you think the source of your strength is from the government, that's where you are going to put all your effort. If you think it's from a friend, that's what you are going to depend upon. If you think it's from the economy, that's what you are going to depend upon. But all these things will fail you. The only sure foundation is the foundation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that is what will determine how far you are going to go. The source of your strength. Number four, there are people who have been taught that right now, that as soon as you become a Christian, everything is fine. That you will never have any problem. You will never have a bad hair day. Everything will be so nice that you are just going to be walking on cloud nine. Life will be so good for that. You, I mean, you, 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 you'll be, everything will be so nice. The whole world will just fall in line and everybody will just be, oh, Dad, you want this, you want this, you know. I don't know how many of you have seen that movie, uh, what do you call it, uh, Coming to America, when Eddie Murphy was the prince there. He said, what do you want me to do? Anything you want, my lord. And you, what do you want? Anything you want, my Lord. What do you like? Say back like a dog. Woo, woo. You know, things like that. You would th- a lot of people think that when you become Christian, that's what it is. That is a lie. The fact that you become a Christian does not mean the whole world will fall in line and begin to love you. No, that is the reason they will actually hate you the more. Because you have a bullseye painted at the back of your heart. And they are now becoming a prime target for the enemy. So how far you are going to travel in 2017 is for, is for, it depends on you knowing that there is going to be opposition. The Bible tells us in verse number 24 of Matthew 14. It says, but the sheep was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, imagine this. Jesus was the one who told them to get into that ship. Jesus was the one who told them to go to the other side. Jesus was the one who sent them on this particular era. These guys were willing to stay on the where they were before. They were not, they had no plan of going anywhere until Jesus told them, get into the boat. And when they did, the Bible tells us there was wave and everything. There are days when you are going to wake up one morning and say, what is going on? There are days you will pray and you will just say that, Lord, it appears if your prayer hits the ceiling and come back to you. There are days when things are not just not going to go very well. You have to know and come to that particular understanding that those days are going to come. Because if you are not prepared for those days, when they come, it might overturn your fate. So how far you travel this year is for you to recognize that there's going to be opposition. 
you are going to be opposition. Number five, Christ will show up in your time of need. It's not just that the difficulty will come because they will always come. But the, 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 the difference between the Christian and the people who do not believe in God is that they know that in the midst of their trouble, in the midst of their adversity, in the midst of their situation, that Jesus will always show up. You might not see him. You might not feel him. But you will know that yes, Jesus, the presence of the Almighty God is with you. And that is what you see in verse number 25. The Bible says that in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not be afraid. Because if you don't believe that Jesus will show up, I can assure you when those things begin to happen, there's a very strong tendency that you might not have the anchor that will keep you standing. Number six, you will have to step out of your comfort zone. Because if you remain in the place that is comfortable, if you remain in the place that looks so okay for you, you might not be able to travel very far. Okay, you might not travel very far. In verse number 28 of Matthew chapter 14, the Bible says, And Peter answered and said unto him, and said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And Peter came down out of the ship and walked on water to walk with Jesus. Peter got out of that safe environment, that convenient place. Peter understood that men don't walk on water. Peter understood that the sea was boisterous. This was the same Peter who was afraid a few minutes ago before Jesus showed up. This was the same Peter who was afraid that he was seeing a ghost. And now this same Peter was willing to step out of his own comfort zone, step out of his own protected area, step out of that particular well-gated community, step out of that particular place where you can determine where you are sure of what tomorrow holds. Step out of that secure environment and step into the unknown. Unless you are willing to try something new, your progress might be limited. Unless you are willing to associate it with a new set of people, your progress might be limited. Unless you are willing to be able to do something that you have not done before, your progress might be limited. And this is what we're saying. Stepping out of your comfort zone is a, is, is a function of you. will determine how far you go. Number seven, distractions will come. Distraction in the sense that you are traveling in your way. You have been going in the direction that God wants you to do. And all of a sudden, certain things will just happen. Probably the check will bounce. Probably that particular child will be sick. Probably that particular job might ask you to stay home for a while. Probably something, you know, something will happen that will cause a distraction. But you must have it at the back of your mind. If you look at Matthew chapter 14, verse number 30, the Bible told us in verse 29 that Jesus said, told, told Peter, he said, come on the water. And Peter stepped out and he was doing Kurukere on that particular water and as it was going and it was going it was going he was saying that hey this is so wonderful i am walking on water you need to see me at that time he has sent letters to fox news and to cnn that they should come and begin to record the, the event and begin to tell him hey this is wonderful it feels good to walk on water and all of a sudden the guy realized hey walking on water men don't walk on water they are supposed to swim in water. And the Bible says all of a sudden when he saw the winds boisterous, all of a sudden the winds that were there when he stepped out of the boat, the winds that were there when Jesus Christ said come, the winds that were there when he began to walk towards Jesus, all of a sudden he realized that those winds are still there. 
The fact that you are going to step out of your comfort zone does not mean that the wind will stop blowing. It does not mean that the situation will change overnight. It does not mean that everything will all of a sudden become calm. They are still going to be there. The only difference is that you are stepping towards the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was what happened to Peter. Peter started walking towards the Lord. And as he was walking towards the Lord, for a second, his attention was shifted from the source of the master. His attention was shifted from the Lord, from Lord Jesus Christ. And that was when he realized that the wind was still there. The water was still there. The sea was still boisterous. And before you know what was happening, it started sinking. When you have the faith, you have an idea. This is what I should do. This is the job I should pursue. This is the business I should do. This is the new venture I should be involved in. This is the new relationship I should get involved with. And you start doing it and you are seeing the potential. And you keep your eyes on that particular target. And this very minute you take your eyes away from the target because of that distraction. The thing that happened to Peter will begin to happen. You will begin to sink. Because the distraction will cause you to lose your focus. And as soon as you lose your focus, what happens? You begin to go in different, different directions. And that's what happened to Peter. Number eight. Number eight. How far you will go will depend on what? How much you can ask for help. You cannot travel on this journey alone. You need people. You need individuals. You need men and women who will hold up your hand. Look at verse number 30. The Bible says that when, Jesus, when, when Peter started sinking, the Bible says he cried out, he said, Lord, save me. In other words, he knew that when he's sinking in the waters of life, he cannot do it alone. When the sea becomes boisterous and they are beginning to overwhelm you, you may not be able to do it alone. When things are not going the way you expect it to go, you need the extra hand. You need the extra help. And that is what Peter did. Peter stepped out and said, Lord, help me. And that was what happened. Number nine, you need Jesus as a traveling companion. Look at verse number 32. The Bible says, and when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. When they came into the ship, that's when Jesus Christ brought Peter back into the ship. The Bible says the wind ceased. In other words, when you have Jesus in your camp, when you have Jesus around you, when Jesus is traveling with you on this particular journey, what you will find is that what appears impossible for other people, the situation that looks extremely difficult for other people, that particular situation will calm down. Things will cease. The Bible says when Jesus and Peter and when they got back into the ship, verse number 32, it said the wind ceased. The wind of confusion, the wind of discouragement, the wind of fear, the wind of despondency will cease in our life as soon as we invite Jesus in. That is, those are the things that I really want to quickly bring out. Now, if we are going to look at each of these things, that will take us another nine weeks to look at each of those individual things. But this particular morning, I just want to focus on one of them. On one of them. And I want us to go back to Matthew chapter 26. It's Matthew 24, reading from verse number 26. The Bible tells us in verse number 26, it says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, That is where we want to focus on this afternoon. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter came out, and, Peter, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water to go with Jesus. Now, seeing Jesus Christ walk upon the water, Peter, Peter said, if it be you, let me come to you. Peter understood. Peter had just seen Jesus Christ walking on water. 
Peter had identified the man that was walking on the water to be Christ. Peter had made an impossible request to walk upon the water. Peter had received an unusual instruction to walk upon the water. Peter is now faced with a decision. He was faced with a choice. Do I take Jesus up on his words or do I sit in my comfort zone? Do I continue to say, okay, Jesus, I know you can do all things. Or do I actually say that, yes, I know you can do all things and actually step out and do it. You know, he can decide to step out of that boat and walk on water or he can remain in the boat and imagine what it feels like to walk on water. Okay? You will either obey the instruction of the Almighty God and step out of the water or you will continue to stay in your boat and imagine how it will feel to walk on water. Are you going to be able to take God at his word? Or are you going to be able to put faith to your faith? Are you just going to say, I believe in God, I believe in God, I believe in God, and everything is fine? Or are you going to actually step out and say, okay, I believe in God, so I am going to do this. I believe in God, so I am going to act in a certain way. You will obey, will you obey the instruction and step out of the boat knowing that men don't walk on water? Or will you remain in the comfort of your boat? Do we step out in faith and pursue our dreams and aspirations, or do we continue to play it safe? As long as you continue to play it safe, you are not going to move forward. As long as we continue to play it safe, we are not going to be able to achieve that which the Lord has purposed for us to achieve. Do we step out of our, our, our carefully fortified security zones in our life, our church, our community? Are we going Are we going to step out of our gated community? Are we going to be able to do things that we appear to be risky? Are we going to be able to take steps that we know that, yes, other people will look at you and say, something is wrong with you? Or are you going to continue to play it safe? Are we going to continue to remain in our safe space? Are we going to step out of our fortified life? Or are we going to remain in a comfortable, secure environment? We must be willing to make up our mind and like Peter, to step out of the boat and walk on water. It's a choice that we have to make. And nobody can make that choice for us. Okay? We can remain in our ship, enjoy the comfort, or step out and see that particular, uh, that particular excitement that comes from seeing your dreams being fulfilled. There is a difference between when you tell somebody There are some things that no matter how you tell that person They cannot experience it They cannot understand it until they experience it Okay? Until they experience it There are some times when you tell Jesus is good Jesus is a healer, Jesus is a deliverer A person who has been healed When he tells you about the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ He's not telling you something that he has read about He's not telling you something that he heard about He's telling you about something he has experienced and because of that experience, there's nothing. I mean, you can't imagine it until you have gone through it. If the Lord meets you at the point of your need, there is a difference between you hearing a story. There's a difference between me telling you about it. When you experience it, it is different. That is what we're talking about. Are you going to experience God? Or are you going to continue to hear the stories about God? Are you going to get to the point where you say, Lord, I want to know you? Or you just want to continue to enjoy the historical or the or the second-hand experience that is handed out to us. You cannot have it both ways. You can either act in faith or you act in doubt. You can either walk with the Lord or just stay in the sidelines. You can either trust Him or you will not trust Him. You can either stay, you know, step out in the out of your ship or remain inside your ship, but you cannot have it both ways. I tell people, pray. You want a lot of people want to do ministry. A lot of people want to do the miraculous. A lot of people want to begin to see the, 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 the exciting things of God happen in their life. But the question is, they don't want to do the work. Eh? 
A student wants to go to Harvard. He is not willing to study. He wants to be a medical doctor. He doesn't want to read much. He doesn't want to read sciences. How is that going to happen? I mean, that is not going to happen. It's not that they don't like you. It's just that the reality of the thing is that you cannot have it both ways. You can eat your cake and have it. The only time this kind of thing happens is in the movies. <laughs> it's when you are watching Hollywood. That is when you see people spending money in Hollywood and never walk. They don't walk. They just spend money in the movies. In real life, people go to walk. <laughs> the Lord may help us. You have to step out of your you have to step out of your comfort zone or stay in the comfort zone, but you cannot have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Please join us on Sunday, January 13th, 2019, for the third anniversary celebration of Lifelong Anointing Church. The celebration will take place inside our church auditorium located at 2711 Murfreesboro Road, Antioch, Tennessee, 37013, starting at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Child care will be provided. We look forward to enjoying a warm fellowship with you as we celebrate three years of God's faithfulness. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.